Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Final move. Realest guys in the room. How you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? Welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This week is a very big week, even more than I expected to talk about last week, as we will talk AEW, Impact Wrestling. We will review NXT TakeOver War Games. We will talk CM Punk's interview with Renee Young on her podcast. We will talk Keith Lee's 24, and we will, of course, talk all about Raw and SmackDown as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. There will be no stardom this week, but I do want to announce that next week we will preview their upcoming major show where Utami faces Momo Watanabe for the Red Belt. So look forward to that next week. But right now, we are going to be very WWE and AEW-based with a lot of topics to talk about. So, let's begin. And I feel it's only right to begin with the Impact AEW storyline that we have going on here. This was the biggest news of the week, possibly news of the year. And AEW had some major numbers this week when it comes down to the ratings. They were number one on cable television, and that's huge. And a lot of that has to do with what they did last week. If you don't remember, they brought in Sting, and Kenny Omega was heading to Impact as the AEW World Champion. So let's lead off from where that was, and we get to Impact. They close the show with Kenny Omega, their AEW Champion. I think this is interesting, because Impact has a quality roster. Very high quality, one of the best women's divisions uh, Rich Swan's their world champion, a great choice. But they ended their show with the AEW world champion. So it has to make you wonder what's going on there. And the message that he talked about was mostly Don Callis and him. This this relationship goes years back. And that relationship is what led to AEW being created what led to this world championship, Don Callis was very adamant that this these this is a duo that makes history, plain and simple. And it's hard to disagree, because if you look at what Callis and Omega have done together, you, you talk about the Jericho-Omega match, you talk about AEW coming together, which Callis isn't necessarily a part of, but... I think that has a lot to do with Kenny coming home because, you know, Callus is here. Callus has left New Japan and really started working with Impact. So I think that has something to do with it. And now this relationship is what's being created. And we don't we don't know where this relationship's going. They did tease on Impact a possible Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega match because Rich Swan was trying to walk out the door and he said, No, the world champion only 
And Rich Swann was like, I, I am the world champion. He's like, no, Kenny Omega. So they're planting that seed of a possible world champion versus world champion match down the line. And I'd love to see it. Uh, but the message was pretty basic. It wasn't anything special, but it got people to watch. And that's what mattered. Uh, people watched Impact in a, in a combined amount of ways, whether it been Twitch or YouTube or Access TV, more than NXT this week. So that, you know, that really took precedent. And that's good for them. That's good for business. That's great. Now, let's get to AEW. We're going to do AEW now. Um... We'll talk Omega. Omega pretty much relayed the same stuff on AEW this week, so Dynamite wasn't super special in that aspect, but where it was special was Sting finally spoke after debuting on AEW last week, and he made clear to everyone that he's on AEW right now for Cody. He's there for Darby. Now, we don't know if that means a match. We don't know if that means a mentorship. But that's what he made clear. He's there for something familiar, which Darby pointed up to the rafters where Darby was sitting. Much like Sting did all those years ago. But, you know, you had this relationship in the ring between Tony Schiavone and Sting that could just make you smile. It was a great moment in professional wrestling just seeing these two, you know, catch up on TNT and Tony String. It's Sting! Like, there was... There was a lot of coolness about this. It all felt right. Like, Sting fits right into this. And I don't know how much he's going to wrestle, but he's going to wrestle. And hopefully, I, I think tag matches are the best way to go with him until, like, maybe one or two pay-per-views a year where you just put him out there for the big match. Because we know why he was the way he was handled at the end of his WWE run, he wasn't cleared. He was injured by Seth Rollins on the buckle bomb and wasn't cleared. So I haven't read anything saying he's been cleared, but I'm going to assume AEW has. It'll be interesting to see. But either way, seeing Sting on AEW is very cool. Very cool. Uh, my last thing from AEW, because this was a loaded show. Absolutely loaded. There was 10... Eight or ten segments on this entire show. It was a lot to bring in, a lot to accept. And to me, it was overstuffed. They could have let some certain things breathe. It was a lot to take in, but it was a great show. It was a great show. And here's the inner circle thing that I want to talk about. I think the inner circle should break up. I don't... And they've teased it. They teased it this week. They ultimately stayed together. But Sammy Guevara put down the line that, hey, if something happens again, I'm leaving. I quit. So that's going to be an interesting way to see where we go. I'm expecting, I'm still expecting for this to end up with a Chris Jericho babyface turn, because in the end, Jericho's the loudest cheer if we count his entrance music song, like, with the crowd singing along. I think that's ultimately where we're going. But who knows, because they already had the MJF-Chris Jericho match. Which really confuses me. You would have thought they would have saved that. But I'm totally okay with the inner circle breaking up in some way, shape, or form. Like, they, they lasted over a year. They were pretty entertaining. But 
they just don't have a lot going for them for me. I think LAX, the t- um, Santana Ortiz deserve a lot better. I think Guevara can be perfectly fine on his own. The only person that will suffer from the breakup is Hager. Otherwise, you know, it's an absolute loaded couple of guys that could easily be fine on their own. So, personally, I would break up the inner circle, but, you know, I know people will disagree with that. But that's all I had for AEW and Impact this week. It wasn't a massive week, but it was a good week for them. It was another good week for them. They had all the buzz. They had so many people watching, and that's, you know, that's what mattered. That's what they were aiming to do. Even if I don't think the show blow the roof off the place. It was still a quality wrestling show, and that's what matters. Now, let's get into NXT. Let's talk War Games, the event. Um, We will end with the two War Games matches in this review. And here's something I've been wanting to announce. Starting on the very first episode of 2021. Every pay-per-view I review, I will give a star rating out of 5. And I will make a recorded document to share with everyone. Just so you can follow along. Now, I'm not going to start that here, but that's that's the plan 2021. I want to see what you guys think. I want to see if you're against it. And we're going to go by the star ratings because I feel like that's the only way people really do it. Like, I, for my reviews on Last Word on Sports Pro Wrestling, I I go out of 100 for WWE matches of the month. But here we will do pay-per-views. We will do star ratings. We'll do the five-star ratings that Dave Meltzer made so famous. And we'll record them, and we'll see who has the match of the year at the end of the year. Now, I'm going to be very strict on that. I'm not going to be giving out seven stars. We're staying within the five-star limit. There's no match that's breaking skill. telling you that now. So let's review War Games. Let's start off with Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher. I thought this match was excellent. Now, I missed about the first... Five minutes, I was in the middle of something. But, when I came back, these two had a physical brawl that, you know, I think that's the path they had to go down with this match. And they're far from being done. But it's a matter of, you needed these two to have a good match because the story wasn't necessarily exciting. At least that's what I thought. Uh... And Thatcher showed to me that he belongs. And I think that's what Champ is there for nowadays, is that he's the proving ground in NXT. If you can hang with Champa, you can hang with anyone. Champa ended up winning, and that's who I believe I picked to win. I thought it was the right choice. It was a good match. And that's all I can say about that. Um, Loomis versus Grimes. This was a pretty good match for a strap match, but I wasn't really interested in the story at all. I'm not really interested in these two as much. I like Grimes a bit. I'm not really into Loomis. I like Loomis's effect, but I don't like him in the ring as much. I think he's a good character more than anything. 
He hasn't shown me like he can do some crazy stuff or be a game changer in ring wise, but he's good with character work. So I'm not going to, you know, completely go out on him, but you know, he's not, he's not jumping off the screen for me. This was a good match though. Good match. Damian Priest versus Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. This is the match to me that perfectly illustrates what's wrong with NXT right now. So, following TakeOver, everyone was like, again, TakeOver delivered. It always delivers. They always have these great shows. There's no bigger guarantee than TakeOver delivering. There really isn't. But TakeOver and NXT itself has lost that luster, that prettiness, that something special that it had for so long. And I think I know the fix, and I think everyone wants it to be fixed. So Johnny Gargano won this match. There was a terrible reveal at the end of Austin Theory being the guy in the mask that we've been seeing. I didn't think this was the way to go, but as we learned on NXT, there's somewhere they're going with this. So before we get to that, Johnny Gargano is Mr. NXT. He had probably, like, if he stopped right now, he had the best run out of maybe anyone ever in NXT. But... His stay is long overdue. And he's not someone like Champa who has threatened to retire or leave or become a coach when he gets moved up to the main roster. He's never said that. But he just, he's still in XT. And that's where part of the XT problem is right now. You have these people, most specifically Gargano and Champa, that are just staying around for too long. And becoming stale, and you don't want to see them. Now, Champa is a little different because he had so many times off that he feels far less stale than Gargano. I feel like Gargano's been on TV for five years on NXT with no. I mean, the only change he's had is he's a heel now, and I don't really love his heel work. Um, he's a far better babyface, and here's a move I would make to start freshening up NXT. Roster-wise, before you get into the bigger problem, which is I would move Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano to SmackDown for Sami Zayn, Liv Morgan, and Ruby Riot. And now, the reason I say this is because you move Gargano there, he can have a bunch of fresh new matches with the likes of a Daniel Bryan, with the likes of Kevin Owens, the list goes on, a Chad Gable... There's a lot of great guys he can go in there with that he hasn't went in there with. And then Candice LeRae just bumps that woman's roster, which I think needs a solid four person established. And I think that's what LeRae could be. But more importantly is you bring Sami Zayn and you bring Liv Morgan in, you bring Ruby Riot. What I think Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot add to this roster is excellent depth Liv Morgan someone that understands character work Ruby Riot as well and that's something NXT needs 
They have the most talented women's division in the United States professional wrestling, in my opinion. But it's still missing something. It's missing... Some of them are missing a character. Like, I like what Ember Moon's doing. Tony Storm's just angry. I don't... We still haven't got a full understanding of her gimmick. Like, Io Shirai... Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley... Those two are that are two that get it. They get their gimmicks. They get who they are. Io doesn't give a shit. Rhea doesn't give a shit. Like, that's something that gets it. And I love Dakota Kai. But I feel like what they do with the women down there is they just put them in matches and that's about it. Like, you need to work on these character works. Because all of these women are so talented. They're so good at what they do that you can believe in them. And I think... Ruby and Liv, yes, they're both good wrestlers, but they also add that ability to help tell stories, and that's what they need, and I think that would be a great addition. But it's more so on the Zane gargano switch. NXT, to me, is missing a top, top heel. And you need a top heel to run the brand. I mean, Karrion Cross is back. And even a top heel in the mid-card... Gargano's technically that, but he doesn't feel like it. Now, Karrion Cross is back. He's, to me, a tweener. He does what he wants. He beats up who he wants. He destroys who he wants. He's back. We're going to get into that. But a Sami Zayn? What Sami Zayn does is incredible. He's one of the best guys WWE has because he's able to pull off the annoying chicken shit type of heel, but also doing it in such effective way that he's winning matches. His work on SmackDown is incredible. I literally have written down for this past SmackDown that we love Sami Zayn. That's what we love. We love Sami Zayn. We love what he's able to do in there. His character work's incredible. His wrestling's incredible. And I'd like to see him work in that NXT landscape. I think he would have awesome feuds with an Adam Cole, a Kyle O'Reilly, a Pete Dunne. Like, the list goes on of who he can work with in that atmosphere. Finn Balor. Like, this is who I think a Damian Priest. Like, Sami Zayn works very well with anyone. And he would give that perfect top heel, either in the main or mid-card that NXT is desperately in need of. And here's the problem with NXT. This is me trying to fix NXT. NXT's problem is they have gotten away from the storytelling that made them so special, that made those big matches at TakeOver special. They have two hours of TV to fill every week, yet they go away from the stories that created them. Instead, they go back to the wrestling matches because that's what they thought fans loved. But what the fans loved was the mix of the storytelling and the wrestling. The Champa and Gargano series from the original series that hyped people, that was storytelling. You got the big match off of the story. That's what made the match better. You look at Bailey and Sasha. That was the story leading up to Brooklyn. That was the story that pushed that forward. You have the simple simplicity of Asuka's title reign. 
that with a story in itself, I'm going to finally beat you, beat, win the title, end your record. It was only just over a year ago where they were still riding high with this. And as TV has went on on USA Network, they've fallen victim to overbooking on television and escaping what makes them NXT. And it hurts me because NXT is my brand. NXT is the brand I stand by, the brand I believe in, the brand that I think is the best when they use their talent to be the best. And I don't think that's what they're doing right now. They need to welcome back storytelling. Welcome back that aspect that a Dusty Rhodes, a Pat Patterson polished on to all these stories. Yes, I know they have now both passed and it's going to be hard to do that. But I feel like since not, I don't remember when Shawn Michaels started working down there, but it's been way more match based than story. And you need that story. Now there's rumors that the undertaker could be becoming a head trainer. At the Performance Center. If that happens, I have hope. I have hope that if he starts working with that NXT team, he can bring back the storytelling. He can teach these guys how to remember how to tell a story. Adam Cole's beginning of his title run was great. Keith Lee's rise was great. These were all storytelling. Rhea Ripley's rise to the woman's title, that was a story. I was there for the last tapings in Full Sail before they went to the network. They were very much on that storytelling trail. And they need they need to get that back. They need to get their identity back. Because if they get their identity back, who cares about what the ratings are? You just have two good television shows on Wednesday night consistently. And NXT is a good show. They put on good matches. But I want the stories to connect that's what I want. We're going through a tough period in NXT. They've had periods like this, but one thing's for sure, takeover's delivered. Now, let's get through the war games. The men's war games was fantastic. Um, Undisputed Era deserved to win that. Pat McAfee's a freak. Absolute freak. I applaud him. I respect him. And hopefully... This is something he wants to do in his career. Like, he wants to keep riding with this because he's very good. He's very good, and he's willing to put it all in, which, you know, you can't help but respect. You, He wants to put in the work. He wants to show he's good at this. He wants to show that he's great at this. Now, uh, Undisputed Era was winning was perfect. Well, let's get to the women's war games match. I thought it was the match of the night. Kicked off the show. Team Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, where she had Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and Ember Moon against Team LeRae, which was Candice LeRae, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and Tony Storm. These these women stole the show last year, I thought, in their first ever war games. And they just did it again this year. And I thought 
you know, from EO jumping off the cage with the garbage can on her to just the Shotzi's uh, ability to put it all on the line to try to win to the ultimate finish where Raquel Gonzalez powerbombed Io Shirai through the ladder. It was perfect. It was a perfectly built War Games match. And I thought Raquel Gonzalez getting the win was very interesting. It sets up Io Shirai's next opponent and possibly the Wimton crown her. I don't think that's the direction they're going, and I wouldn't go that direction. But she's a perfect next challenger. And I think something important with these War Games matches is you should be setting up matches for the future. And that's what they did. Now, let's get to NXT this week. Um, as I said, Karrion Cross is back. Uh, Scarlet answered Finn Balor. Damian Priest called... Uh, he goes, hey, Smoke Show to Scarlet saying, Where, what, did you leave him in the car? Karrion Cross, of course. Does he not speak for himself? And then later in the night, Johnny Gargano, Austin Theory, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell are now going by The Way. That is their group. They are known as The Way. The Johnny Gargano Way, The Way. That is what they're going as. I kind of like the name. Um, I like that Indy's getting shine. Don't love Austin Theory, but what are you going to do? Uh, Damian Priest walked out during the promo and was like, yeah, you still didn't beat me, you had all these goons help, blah, 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 and then Karen Cross comes in, attacks Damon Priest, sets that up to be Cross's first match back, essentially. Cross is so cool, man. He's so cool. He's exactly what I think this new breed of NXT needs, because he's a storyteller. He's the definition of it. He He is a guy who cares more about the cinematography aspect than the in-ring aspect itself and I think that's something important for this as they try to improve as they try to get better now we also had set up a Tony Storm versus Ember Moon match in the future we know that Finn Balor will be defending his title at New Year's Evil that's when the next time uh, we were teased Priest, Cross, Dunn, and Kyle O'Reilly. So I'm cool with any of them, preferably not Damian Priest. The other three are awesome. Uh, they could be holding off Cross with the Priest stuff, and they, they could do Dunn or O'Reilly, which would be perfectly fine. Probably Dunn. That's cool by me. Uh, but yeah, NXT is... It's built for a good future. Um, we also teased Tony versus EO and Raquel versus EO. And Raquel versus Rhea too was also teased. So we're going seven different directions. I don't know what's up, but let's tell these stories, NXT. Get back on the wagon because you have some of the most incredible talent any brand, any company has to offer. So do it. Please. And, you know, tag team wrestling is getting bumped back up there. The Grizzled Young Veterans, Imperium, Everrise, um, The Champs, uh, Oni and Danny, uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maver- 
Rick, like you have a, a bunch of teams all of a sudden, and eventually you're going to have Dez and Wentz of the Rascals. This tag division's kind of coming together, which is, I think, very helpful for NXT and NXT takeovers in the future. You also have Breeze Angle. So this is, could be a division worth watching again for the first time in a while. And the Undisputed Era. They're not out of it yet. So, you know, keep your eye on that as well. And I have hope for NXT. I'm not one to give up. I think they can fix this, especially if they see all the fans complaining. I think NXT has been the most woke in terms of WWE product that, you know, plays to their fans' hopes. So I'm not losing hope here. Find that storytelling. Tell stories like you have. And kill them off with some kick-ass matches like you used to. So. We're going to. uh, Talk. Smackdown and Raw. And the most recent tweet from the Twitter account. WrestleVotes. Which is the scheduled matches for WrestleMania. So. Let us. Dive in talking SmackDown, where Bailey taps to Natalia. Yeah, that's um, not the direction we should be going. Bailey, Bailey's probably the superstar of the year for WWE. Um, the Slammy Awards are out. They will be announced in two weeks. I will pick my guest winners next week as well so look out for that now my question is what are we doing here because clearly we're setting up Bianca versus Bailey, but why is she tapping out to Natalia what are we doing with Natalia is she going to be you know a contender for Banks after Carmella if that's the case that's fine to me, Natalia doesn't offer much to the table anymore. And Bailey offers more more than almost anyone on that brand. So let's not have that happen. Thanks. Um, and let's you know, let's talk about what happened at the end of SmackDown, which was major. Roman Reigns was sick of Kevin Owens and Jay Uso, and he Beats them both down with a chair. Even Jay. He beat him down. He's like, you had consequences. Here it is. He beat Kevin down. Now we are getting a TLC match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. That's going to slap at TLC. But he beat them both down to show that you should all fear me. Even you, Jay. He told him to listen, and he didn't. So his idea was let me just bring the heat to all of them and they will accept it the tribal chief is the best thing going on the WWE main roster one of the best things going in all of wrestling people love the return of the cleaner Kenny Omega I love that but to me the top world champion right now is Roman Reigns the way he is delivering in the ring on the mic with his actions, is top-notch. 
This is a different Roman Reigns. This is a Roman Reigns that people enjoy seeing finally again, which was long overdue. Now, that's all I have from SmackDown. Let's get to Raw. I have one thought from Raw, and it's stop pinning Shayna Baszler. I believe that's three matches now where we have pinned Shayna Baszler. Stop. End this cycle, please. Or I'm coming to Vince McMahon's house and kindly asking him to. Because, you know, Shayna Baszler, they did Shayna Baszler versus Asuka on Raw in a non-title match. No bills whatsoever. That should be a, at the least, a SummerSlam Women's Championship match. At the very least. And they just put it on Raw. Now, this didn't ruin any hopeful match between these two. And I want to still see that match. But these are the things that WWE needs to stop doing. Stop pitting Shayna Baszler. Don't make Bailey tap. Stop. 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 Now, let us get to the Russell Votes tweet. Which was very, very telling. Of what we should be expecting in the coming weeks. So, nothing is close to official or concrete, but right now the working idea for WrestleMania this year is Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, which if you watched the bump, I believe, this week, Goldberg called out Roman Reigns. So that that makes sense. They never got that match last year, so I'm not really upset about it. I think Big E deserves that spot. And if Goldberg wins the Royal Rumble, someone's going to get fought. Um, Edge versus Randy Orton. They We knew they were going to finish this series eventually. WrestleMania seems like the spot. I'm okay with that. And this interesting twist. Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee. If this is to get Keith Lee the title and his crowning moment, I am all in. If this leads to Keith Lee winning the Royal Rumble, getting that shot, do it. And I think, you know, he'd beat Lesnar or Drew. That's major for him. Putting Keith Lee in that championship match, to me, is perfect. I'm not, I'm not, I don't really care about the other two matches if this is the direction we're going. Because Keith Lee is a guy that has went through so much. You know, I said I was going to talk about the WWE 24. I'll bring that into the air right now. He went through so much. He was denied WWE three times. And we finally see, in uh, following his Raw debut, that Vince clearly likes this guy. He's telling him, let, make me believe in you. And... Keith Lee, you know, says after, I'm going to do that and so much more. He is going to prove it. He's going to show that he can be the guy that Vince can lean on. And that's what we want to see. Keith Lee deserves this spot. And if that's the way we're going, I'm all in. I'm cool with Brock being that match. That honestly would be a kick-ass triple threat. Like, no matter the winner. But... It should be to have Keith Lee crowned. You shouldn't put Keith Lee in that spot and have him lose. 
So my final conversation this week is CM Punk's interview with Renee Young, a.k.a. Renee Paquette, whichever you prefer. I say Renee Young because that's what most of you will know. CM Punk was on the Oral Sessions podcast, which was great. And, you know, anytime CM Punk gets on one of these podcasts or conversations, to me, it's a must-hear, not just for the wrestling, but just to, you know, read his mind, because he's been out of wrestling for seven years, so you want, I, as, okay, I've been very clear on the show, I believe, in the past, that CM Punk is my favorite wrestler of all time. So I have a bias of wanting to listen to him, but it's not necessarily just about wrestling. To me, you know, his... Stories about his acting career that are starting, his stories about MMA, his stories about his life are very interesting, and that's what he got into. But this is a wrestling podcast, so that's what we will focus on. Um, He talked about, him and Renee talked about how Vince would scream into the mic when they were on the commentary table, and, you know, or Renee talked about when she was doing, like, a kickoff show. And she would give this, like, stare into the camera, like, are you serious? Punk told a funny story of how he was on commentary during a time he was injured. And Vince was yelling in his ear, and he just turned down the mic so that he couldn't hear it. And he asked Jerry Lawler, why have you never done that? He's like, I don't know. And Punk was like, yeah, Vince never said anything to me. He He didn't yell at me. He didn't care. So I thought that was something telling. Anyone in that commentary job, like, we have to applaud. I understand people don't like Michael Cole, but you have to understand that difficulty and what he goes through during that job. For all these years, like, I applaud him. He has to get frustrated because he's just trying to do his job and you have this old man yelling through your ear. That's brutal. So I I have more respect for all these commentators, more than you know, because... It's a hard job as is. Renee talked about that. She was like, yeah, I finally get this spot. And then they put me into it. And I was like, ah, boy. I don't know about this. And I liked Renee as a commentator. I thought she got better and better. But, you know, that wasn't her thing. She made that clear. But it, it was good that she tried. Now, let's get to the bigger things. The things that somewhat made waves on websites as news articles. Um... Renee Young asked CM Punk, would you be open to returning to pro wrestling? And CM Punk, who's friends with Renee, was perfectly 100% honest. No question. He said it was going to take an offer, a story that made it worth it. Now, he said that AEW interests him more, strictly based off who he can work with. He doesn't see anyone in WWE that he hasn't worked with that would make him want to go back, but he would do it if there was a story presented to him that he liked and a big money offer to him. AEW interests him because he could work a match with the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega, who he's never worked with. Now, back to the offer thing. He said it, it, it needs to be a load of money, which is perfectly clear. 
but it also needs to be that story. Now, he said, he's like, I'm not interested in wrestling your husband, which was Renee John Moxley, because I've wrestled him before. There would have to be a story built that was so great that made me want to come back. And I feel like this is the first time Punk perfectly openly explained what would get him back in the wrestling ring. It is a story which leads professional wrestling, which is the staple of professional wrestling, and money. And he kind of started to put way more emphasis on the story than the money. Like, yes, he's going to have to get paid a sizable amount because he's, his name's going in there and he hasn't wrestled in seven years. Like, he doesn't need to wrestle. He has no part of him, no itch that needs to get him back in that ring. But if there's a story there, that's what he'll do. And one more thing that Renee asked Punk was, would you have liked to work a match in WWE with Samoa Joe? And he said yes. If the story was right, because what they did in the Ring of Honor was a match of passion. There was no one left to beat him. And that's what he was there for. Try to beat Samoa Joe. And those two are great friends still to this day. They are each other, possibly each other's best rivals. And have some of the most historic matches in the history of the Ring of Honor, pro wrestling, independent wrestling. They, put, they helped put Ring of Honor on the map. They helped put independent wrestling even more on the map so i thought that was interesting and what i got out of it was cm puck is pretty much saying never say never but it's going to take a story and money which truthfully is kind of like brock except i don't think he gives much care about that story part as much but i get it i respect it i understand it and I do, I do look forward to seeing what could happen from this. Does AEW consider, even slightly consider giving a call? Who knows? I mean, they just did so much with Sting and whatnot, but I, the only bigger name that they could like reasonably bring in other than Sting is CM Punk. So I'm going to just see what happens there. But I I appreciate hearing Punk explain his side, explain his story, explain how he spends his life. Like, it's an interview you should go out of your way if you're a wrestling fan or if you're a CM Punk fan. Renee Young is very good at this whole podcast thing. So, yeah, probably listen to her podcast instead of mine. That would make more sense. I'm just kidding. Well, kind of. Anyways, this was the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. That is all for this week. Next week, you can spend predictions for the Slammy Awards, preview and predictions for Stardom's upcoming show to end the year, and... Oh, and uh, I'm going to review Stardom's show for this weekend as well. And plenty more where that comes from, whether it's AEW, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, WWE as a whole. Expect it. Until then, you heard this either on the regular feed or the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network feed. 
Thank you for listening. Please tune back next week, next Friday, as always. And until then, stay safe, wear a mask, and I'll see you.